So we ended the last episode with the words, have an awesome day and don't kill anyone. is a strange way i think to say to your daughter before she goes into school because i don't know what type of school she goes to <laughs> I, mean, I presume it's not a young offenders <laughs> institute or it's you know a tough school bearing in mind cheltenham has got some very rough people i'm sure <laughs> but um it's a strange thing to say it, it is it is but and i don't know i don't quite know where it came from and why i first started to say it to her but one it always makes her smile Two, if there are any of her friends that overhear it, it always makes them smile and go, your dad's a bit weird. And I'm kind of cool with that, right? Because I think there is so much of a need to conform and fit in. I quite like the fact that I deliberately don't. I think the other thing with it is, what's the worst thing that can happen in her day? If she's still alive and she hasn't killed anybody else, the day's been good. You do have some dark sides to you, don't you? (laughs) It's interesting on that, that, you know, for a long time with my daughter, I used to say to her, have I told you recently that you are? Yep. And she would have to come up with some words that I hadn't shared. So I would tell her that you're special, you're brilliant, you're talented, you're fabulous. So I would give her affirmations and then she would have to repeat or add one that I hadn't said. Mm-hmm. And for a very long time, what I've tried to instill in the kids are, they are great kids. Yep. But their most important reference is from their parents. What's interesting from a workplace is that our peers become very good to us mm-hmm. and close to us, and then our bosses are. And when I was in the States, one of the questions that somebody asked was that if you had a great employer, employee, somebody did a great job for you, what would happen if you wrote a note to their parents to say, what a great child that you've got, and you must have done a great job. And people would always smile and laugh. But it was very interesting that you'd watch the audience think, my parents would think that was pretty cool. Yep. But but so would I, because that's the recognition, and we finished the last uh, podcast with that. Absolutely. Well, we, we've talked about that once before, and you actually um, put a message in the podcast to my mum, and I know she listened to it. Cool. And although I didn't see the look on her face, I can picture it. I can picture it. And I think, actually, it's a really important point in terms of, you know, we said in the last episode about how the first people whose approval we really seek is our parents, right? Um, my parents each pay, played really important roles in my life. They really did. My dad, like, like most kids, you know, I think most, most boys, their dad is their first hero. Most girls, their dad is their first love, right? I, I, I've seen that written somewhere. And the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'm with that 100%, right? My dad was my hero. And for a large chunk of my life, I actually thought I had to kind of become him. Um, eventually, I realized that I can never become him. And actually, trying to become him wasn't healthy. And I had to be me. But, you know, my dad was someone who I massively sought his approval, massively kind of looked at his example. My mum taught me unconditional love. My mum taught me that no matter what I did in life, she was there for me. You know, in, in a way that is... It's hard to explain until you have children of your own. I get it now I've got kids, but until I had kids, I don't think I truly understood how my mum was with me or what she's done for me over the years. And, you know, mum, if you're listening, you know, you're, you're just such an important role model in my life. 
Now, what's really interesting is that when you just went vulnerable and I was waiting because I saw your whole face change as you were sharing the story, is that if we could translate that into our daily life, but I want to go totally left field now, which is going to, you're going to go, I can't believe you've changed the energy, that when we're at work and we are the boss, the people that work for us, we sometimes have to become their parents. Absolutely. And so the same love that you have for your child, you've got people working with you and for you who are with you for much longer than they are with their husband, wives and children. And you have to have what's called a space of love, which is too deep for some people, and people are going to go again too spiritual. You need to have a space where people feel it's okay to be themselves and they're allowed to make mistakes. And even at the end of the day, if they make a massive mistake, they're still loved. Yeah. People's fear of retribution, their fear of being brutalised, their fear of being, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, um, becoming a victim and then being punished, that's the word I was looking for, is so strong that most people won't attempt to come out of their comfort zones. They'll do just what they're good enough to do where they know they're going to get praise, which means they can never take risks. Yeah. You just said that you had unconditional love from your mum, which means you know whatever you did, it didn't matter what you did, mum would still love you. Yeah. The question is when we're at work and from the age of 24 to 65, whether you're employed or self-employed, so if you are employed, you're choosing to have a single contract with one person. And if you're self-employed, you're being employed by the person who's paying you. So it's nearly the same thing. You have a boss of some sort. Do you feel love, and love means a deep affection for, if you look in the dictionary, for your people, for your colleagues? Because if you don't, people will feel scared. They will feel not trusted. They'll feel they can't be themselves. The question is, most people say, well, of course I love my kids, but I don't love my colleagues. Mm -hmm. But you're with your colleagues for a very long time. time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you look at your daughter, we were just speaking about, you may not have woken her up this morning, but you might have just kissed her on the head and you've left. By the time you finish here, let's say we finish at 2.30, you get back at 5.30, you might have tea, she might be going to Brownlers or swimming, you might be going out, you might be spending an hour or two. But you spent six hours with me. Yeah. And you haven't told me you love me yet. (laughs) But, but that's the concept that in a meeting when people come together, most people are either looking to blame someone or to defend themselves. When we send a CC to somebody in an email, sometimes we're doing it to cover ourselves. Well, I've told them so they can't say they didn't know. Yeah. Is it done from, are you sending the email as a position of love or just to cover your ass? Yeah. And, you know, we talk about love in a really strange way. Well, you know, so I tell often people, I love everyone I work with. I don't always like them. Yeah. And I trust everyone until they let me down. Yeah. So when I work with someone, I'm going to give them the same love I'd give my kids as if they were in the same room with me. And people go, that can't be right. I said, but my kids aren't listening. Sorry, they might be listening to this podcast at some point. Hello, Daniel and Sasha. You're now going to be embarrassed. But they're not <laughs> in the room right now with me. So I'm afraid the only person who I can love right now is Neil Martin. Yeah. And even the dog's left the room now. Even he's left us. But here's the point, that if you don't love the people you're with and you don't love your clients, are you going to give them 100% commitment? I mean, imagine going back home and you go, I'll see if I love my daughter by depending on what they do to me. Yeah. 
if they come running at me like my dog does when I come in the door, and if they make me tea, and, you know, in the old days, if they got my slippers and a pipe, you know, all that <laughs> stuff, if they performed their duties, that's called conditional love. You know, our staff and our colleagues and the people we work with, if they knew when they came to the office, every single day they were cared for, nurtured, supported, loved, what type of job do you think they would do? If your customers, your clients knew you were going to do the best you could, if you're an estate agent and you took someone for a viewing and you treated them like you were treating your parents, showing them a property, what might you do differently? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that I... Um... I've done in quite a few uh, courses that I've run, actually. In fact, I did this in, in one fairly recently, is talking about communication, communication styles, communication skills, marketing, all of that kind of stuff. One of the things I quite often get somebody to do is sit and spend some time thinking about what are their values? What's their vision? What counts them? Why do they do what they do? All that kind of stuff. And then I said, right, now imagine one of your oldest, bestest friends has come to you for advice about what you do in your business. I want you to spend the next 30 minutes writing them a letter that tells them everything you would tell your closest, bestest friend. And when they're done, I say, right, how different is that from the way you communicate to everybody else? Okay, so now I'll challenge you on something. Go for it. Has your daughter ever left something at home just before you're going to school when you're driving into school? Yes. Okay, imagine it was your most important client. Yes. How would you tell them that she'd left, they'd left something behind compared to how we speak to our children? And it's a similar concept. That, you know, you know, as we were taking our kids to school, you know, they left their diary upstairs and we go into a three-minute rant about <laughs> how irresponsible, do you know what this is doing? If it was your biggest client, you, wouldn't you would do that. never talk to them. Yeah. And which one, in theory, do you love the most? Yeah. And here's the whole point about self-love and loving other people, that when we truly get to a state of love, you would communicate in a totally different way. And when we look at our kids and we just look at them, especially, you know, that minute, two minutes before they go to sleep and they just look at that angelic state. Yeah. I mean, how wonderful is that? But we have to remind ourselves of that when they've just written on the walls. Yeah, yeah. But do you know why kids are often right on walls? Tell me. And I still do it in hotels, by the way. I just thought I'd share this to everyone. That the minute I write on a wall, I get massive attention. Uh-huh. So kids get positive feedback from negative behaviour. So when a kid is being perfect and watching television and you come home from work and your wife says, don't disturb it, it's all very quiet. But the minute she starts messing about and writing on the walls, you're in there like a stormtrooper. The kid very quickly realises, when I'm being at my best and me... I'm not recognised, and when I'm naughty, I get attention. Yep. So which one are you giving your people the most love? Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that we all crave is significance, right? We, we all need someone to make us feel important, significant, like we're getting attention. And you're dead right. If we don't get it from good behaviour, we'll revert to bad behaviour to get the attention that we crave. And that's not just kids, that's everybody. And I think the other thing that's tied in with that, which is both parent child but also you know leader employees is modeling children model what they see you know children become what they witness while they're growing up nine like nine times out of ten you know they, they say the boy becomes the, you know, the the boy makes the man the girl makes the the woman kind of thing and it's those experiences in childhood that actually 
move with us as we become adults that that's how we know to behave because we model what we've seen. It's exactly the same thing in the workplace. You bring in like a a new apprentice or graduate trainee or something that's never been in a workplace before, they will model their colleagues and the people they're working for. And they will go, this is the acceptable, normal behavior here. That's what I'm going to do. And if they're doing lots of positive stuff and they're not getting feedback for it in a way that makes them feel good, then maybe they'll do some negative stuff to get the attention instead just like they would at home as a child. And that all comes about company culture, which is not about company culture, it's people culture. 100%. And we can talk about that on the next episode. What culture do you live in and what culture do you show out to the rest of the world? Absolutely. And talking of cultures, haven't we been trying to build a culture of, like, you know, sharing is caring? And empowering others. Exactly, but if sharing is caring and you've got something useful from this, then why not share it? And not only share it, teach it to someone else. Exactly. Take the thing that you got value from, teach it to someone else, explaining why you got value from it. You know, share it on your social media, all that kind of stuff. And while you're at it, we love five-star reviews. I love it even more because my self-esteem is not quite as high as Neil's this week. Does that mean you're going to act up? Exactly right. (laughs) 